there are a million people that the world has speculated could be Zodiac. Oh my god, me and you at one point. <laughs> no? We're not gonna get into all of them, because Ted Cruz, you know, he wasn't able to be here today. <laughs> right. so. With that, let's get into the suspects. We are your hosts, Helen Allen. And Sherry Ferreira. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. Our first suspect that we are going to talk about is Richard Gagkowski. Now, if you would like to do your own research on this, go right ahead. There is tons more that people have speculated than what I'm going to say. But when I was reading through these, I'm just going to tell you what I think was the most credible or reasonable reasons to think that these people are suspects. Yeah, let's get into it. Unfortunately, for years... Um, a certain individual, the website that I was reading was very vague about it, um, has spread misinformation about Richard Gajkowski, including a false claim that Gajkowski was overseas for the Zodiac Killer's first attack on December 20th, 1968. So they thought, well, he can't be the Zodiac. But right. thankfully, Gajkowski's passport information has finally been obtained and soundly puts the lie to rest once and for all. Okay. He could have been. He could have been. So, Richard Gajkowski was a military man, which, you know, it's widely stated that the Zodiac Killer was probably military, specifically Navy. Because they take, they took note of everyone's description of him having that buzz cut, and mm-hmm. also that shoe print that they found by the lake. Yeah. They matched it up to, like, a boot that is only distributed through the military. Like, you could not get it unless you were serving. Right. And on top of that, I mean, he tied those victims up using, like, a clothesline. Oh, my God. I'm like, you better be good with knives. Right. And that, to me, just saying sailor. Navy. Right. You know? Is that... No, totally. (laughs) Richard worked for this newspaper called The Good Times. um, And specifically, this newspaper is, like, a very weirdo, gross newspaper. Like, they, they... I don't know, just like gore and oh, it's just so like a very kind of weird, they, they sensationalized the Zodiac Killer at the time. It was like a gross, it was a gross newspaper. It was not, it was not your New York Times. Gotcha. I'll tell you that. Wednesdays for the Good Times was quote production day. Um, and that was basically people would get to work very early and leave very late and their jobs were hell that day basically. Like they, they had so much stuff to do that... There was never a letter from Zodiac on Wednesdays, and people speculate, is that because he was so busy at work on Wednesdays? Well, another thing is that Richard went to Paul Stein's funeral. And you know how they always say, like, killers, that is, like, the the number one place to go find the killer is at the funeral. Because there's some kind of weirdo factor that they just... They want to observe the grief or whatever. So, um... Also, Richard's best friend, Bob, worked at... Yeah, just Bob. anyone and everyone. Yes. Just Bob. The best friend, Bob. <laughs> I mean, really, just as a civilian. I, I really should have put a last name in there, but I was like, eh, who cares? It's just Bob. Well, anyway. Bob worked at Vallejo Times Herald, which was one of the receiving newspapers of the Zodiac letters. So people were thinking, like, is that why... You know. Yeah. 
Um, he so Richard was actually involuntary involuntarily committed to a mental health facility, and right around that time, Zodiac stopped writing letters for three years. Mm. Now Nancy Slover, she is the operator for the nine one one call or for one of the nine one one calls. Um, she actually ID'd his voice positively. But at the end of all of this, there was really never any probable cause, like, or at least not enough of it to cause an arrest or anything more. So that's kind of where we land with Richard. Agreed. I mean, that Nancy Slover thing does sound interesting in theory. Right. Either she but could... if you think about it, too, like, how many calls does she get in a day? And how hard is it to, like, I don't even know if I picked up a phone call from you if I would be like, is this Sherry? <laughs> Oh, like, I just have like a cold one day. You're like, who is this? I know, get off like the phone. you get you have a slight change in your voice, and I'm sure he's not like talking in his regular ass voice. You know, I mean, at all. If anything, he's putting on a fancy like accent or something. And so think, <laughs> if it were me, I'd be like, pip pip cheerio. There's a murder at the <laughs> at the grave. There's a murder on the lake. <laughs> They'd be like, is this Helen? What are you? What is that? You're like, damn. Okay, who's who's next? Okay. Um, I'm leaving the the best, in my opinion, for last. So, next, let's talk about Rick Marshall, who was born John Don Dickey. Joe Don Dickey, but, you know, either way. He would actually alternate between that name and Richard Rick Marshall. Richard joined the Navy at 18. You know what? I'm going to call him Rick because Richard is confusing because the other guy was Richard. So, Rick joined the Navy at 18. He lived briefly in Riverside before settling at the Frisco Bay. Okay. Which is, you know, I just love to call it the Frisco Frisco Bay. Bay. The article actually said San Francisco Bay, but you know. Oh, so you're trying to be a local? Is that what's going on on this here podcast? I know, like, girl who's never been to California. I'm like, it's the Frisco Bay. The Frisk. It gets shorter and shorter as we go on. I've been to the... What in the world? It's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going, keep going. So, during the Zodiac's crimes in 1968 and 1969, Rick worked at a San Francisco silent movie theater called The Avenue, and the Zodiac was thought to be a movie buff by some, so people were like, ooh. (laughs) But it's like, then why the did we make a movie about this when he is still potentially out there to reap the benefits. Oh, he likes movies? Why don't we make one about him so he can watch it? Because it's not like he's behind bars. I already didn't like it when we made another thing. When Zac Efron decided to be Ted Bundy, I was like, this oh. is alive and listening. But this is even worse because he could watch this from his couch at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably 85, but still, he's someone enjoying could, it. Someone could turn it on for him. Oh, my God. I hate that. Like, he could just be watching Jake Gyllenhaal solve the... <laughs> or Robert Downey Jr. Not solve it. I just... Ooh. On Rick's 45th birthday, March 13th, 1971, the Zodiac Killer mailed a letter to the Los Angeles Times newspaper. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> in 1976, Rick became a Zodiac suspect after making suspicious comments over his ham radio. And I asked Matt before what a ham radio is, and he would not tell me. And you know my <laughs> is done Googling after 6 p.m. because that's when I turn on wine. Um, so Rick was interviewed by Detective Ken Narlo, um, but he denied being the Zodiac killer. And it's like, yeah, that sounds like something the Zodiac killer would do. Like, he doesn't want to go to jail. Duh. 
Anyway, he sent an email actually to one of the editors at ZodiacKiller.com, which is another reason I think they're credible because it's like the literal Zodiac Killer might be reaching out. I don't know. In 2001, he was the first Zodiac suspect to ever contact them. And, you know, of course, it's cool. Yeah. Um, Rick was upset over a rather like trivial detail that he had read on the website. Um, I guess the editor had described his... 1974 residence as a warehouse but according to rick it was actually an a quote industrial building okay he cared a lot about the little stuff yeah um so the full email i'll just read it but it's it's weird the subject (laughs) is silly man exclamation points it's just from ricky thick How can you waste time and energy on this dead horse? Your information regarding me is fifth or sixth hand. For instance, I never lived in a warehouse in Marin. I leased an industrial property at 36A Front Street in which included a four-room, fully equipped apartment. If I find any further scurrilous, debasing dope handed out from this source, be prepared to defend a personal damage suit by a first-rate attorney. Attorney? Attorney? I don't know why From I said Rick. By an attorney. From Rick. Signed, Rick. Jesus. So. Um, did they reply? What did they do? Well, first of all, there's like spelling errors up the. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the editor was kind and was like, I've disregarded these spelling errors because I think it could have just been like age related issues because of like eyesight being poor or something. Mm. But that said. Like the Zodiac Killer, Rick seemed to overreact to perceived lies told in the media. And, you know, the Zodiac Killer, every single time they would get it a little bit wrong. And it's, like, almost like the media was taunting him at some point because they were, like, saying things wrong so he would, like, reach out to them again. But anyway, him nitpicking over the use of, quote, warehouse instead of, quote, industrial building seems crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely bananas. So, and mentioning an attorney was also something that the Zodiac did, but also I don't really hold much weight to that because that's what anybody uh, that's mad do. does. Yeah, and anyone who's going to stress over the warehouse and industrial property. They've got an attorney on speed dial. Oh, at like, all times. <laughs> they come from a family of I'm attorneys. calling my lawyer. Yeah. That's like that guy's favorite sentence. <laughs> so anyway, this man died September 8th, 2008, <laughs> and that's that. Got it. We are good to go. Our next suspect is Lawrence Kane. Um, He was born on April 29th, 1924 in Brooklyn, New York. He would go on to use, like, many aliases, including just his nickname, Larry Kane. Okay. (laughs) Like, I don't know why they call it an alias, because it's just, like... Yeah, like, is this just his nickname? (laughs) Like, really? It's, like, Matt's alias is Matt. Matt. (laughs) Excuse me, that's not an alias. Of course it is. Was he raised in a barn? I kind of was. So. <laughs> anyway. All right. Kane had a lengthy criminal rap sheet dating back to the 1940s. So listen, this guy is gone, 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 right? 1940s, he was a criminal already? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, no. He cannot be kicking still, right? Pam Huckabee, who is a sister of Zodiac victim Darlene Farron, claims that Kane followed Darlene in the months before her murder. Additionally, possible Zodiac victim Kathleen Johns identified Kane as her abductor. So, this guy's sketchy regardless if he's Zodiac or not, yeah. but... I think he was definitely doing some messed up <laughs> like that. Yeah, absolutely. 
1969, during the peak of Zodiac's activity, Kane was 45 years old, which I think, you know, most, most of the victims do say, like, or the surviving victims do say that he was, like, in his, like, 20s and 30s. So I think 45 could be a stretch, but who knows, because if he was in the military and he's in super good shape, like... Maybe he could could be be 45 and you just wouldn't notice it in the dark. And if you think about it, he did attack a lot of vulnerable people. So maybe that could make up for it. Like he's catching them by surprise. Right. And yeah. And on top of that, it's like when you're vulnerable, are you really like, how old is that guy? Does he have wrinkles on his forehead? (laughs) You're just scared for your life. Right. Um, he stood at 5'9 and weighed approximately 160 pounds, and for some reason, this needed to tell me that he was a Taurus, which I know we are stubborn, but that does not make us serial killers. At all. Oh, wait, you're a Taurus? Of course I am. Of course I that am. That makes a lot yeah, of I'm sense. Yeah, I'm stubborn as hell. Because <laughs> they have, like, the horns, right? Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Yes. But that, um description does fit in a little bit with what they were saying. I mean, I know they kept emphasizing how he was, like, a bit on, like, the heavier side, so mm-hmm. maybe not as much, but, I mean, it's still something. Yeah. But also, like, I don't know, they, they, it's not even, like, they say he's, like, heavy, but they say he's, like, stocky. So I'm, like, does that oh. mean he's, like, muscly or, like, he could just be a bigger build? I mean, if he is military, it's, like, he could just be a very little... heavy set because he's full of muscle and, you right. know... <laughs> Or that's just what we think of military men. Like, I'm stereotyping military men to the to the most. Like, well, anyway, as a result of massive brain damage from a 1962 auto accident, Kane was allegedly diagnosed by a psychologist in 1965 as quote losing the ability to control self gratification. So let's Pause. talk about this. Pause. Yeah. So does this mean he was not able to like self gratification? Is that like a fancy term for like he couldn't like jerk off <laughs> like i okay that definitely crossed my mind okay but where i where i land is i think by self-gratification we just mean pleasing himself and yes the normal man that means that yeah but to someone like on his caliber or on the zodiac's caliber pleasing themselves it's like you know there's, like, the gateway drugs, and then there's the drugs that you do after your tolerance is no longer, like, you're not getting high anymore. Yeah. I think pleasing himself could be killing people. And so he has no more control. He has no more, like, oh, this might put me in jail if I self-gratify, so I'm just going to keep killing and I don't have any regard for that. That is what I kind of thought. But, yes, like... That's my, where my mind immediately went to. I was like, yeah. okay, are they just How trying does to it not? That's cute like, with this? I know, like, such a formal... It's like yeah. saying um, penetration instead of... It's yeah, like, it's, that's just too much. It's a, it's a little too cutesy. Stop being science-y. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Kane was actually arrested in Redwood City, California in August 1968. The arrest was just four months before Zodiac's first San Francisco Bay Area murders... So, I don't really know why he's a plausible suspect here, but people Mm. think it, so I just put it in anyway. But, alas, he died May 20th, 2010, so there go our answers if it is him. Okay, the final person that I think is worthy of talking about here is Arthur Lee Allen. So, I know I said that I wasn't going to talk about cases that were not officially ruled um, victims of the Zodiac Killer, But this one is, like, highly speculated to be a Zodiac killing, and I just think um, in order for me to kind of do justice to all of the reasons why this guy might be a suspect, 
I think I should talk about this. So, Sherry Jo Bates is an unsolved murder that occurred in Riverside, California on October 30th, 1966. So, if this is um, a victim of the Zodiac Killer, this is the first that we know of. Bates is an 18-year-old college freshman, and unfortunately, she was stabbed and slashed to death on the grounds of Riverside City College. Police determined that the assailant had disabled the ignition coil wire and distributor of her adorable car. It was a bug. So, as a method to lure her from her car as she studied in the college library. Um, the murder itself remains one of Riverside's most infamous cold cases and has been described by some locals as a murder which quote, stripped Riverside of its innocence. Her murder became highly publicized due to the, like, obviously graphic nature of her death, but also the fact that she is considered to have been the first murder victim of the Zodiac Killer. However, again, this theory has never been confirmed. And I think with a lot of these, it's hard to say for certain whether it was him or not, because with the majority of the ones that we are saying are for certain is because he said in some kind of proof or said something specifically right. to only which, the killer you know, would know. He does mention actually later um, that I don't know exactly when, but he did claim to have like messed with people's cars and stuff. So that could mm. be part of his MO and it's just not specifically the ones that we know of, but you know, like again, nothing is solid. So, on to Arthur Lee Allen again. He is, in my opinion, the most plausible of the suspects that I have personally looked into. Um, and I'll tell you why. He was 32 when Bates was killed. His address was 32 Fresno Street, and one of the Zodiac letters had 32 symbols. Now, if that is not a shot in the dark. Oh my god. <laughs> but people think it, so I wrote it down. <laughs> So, the Zodiac Killer, you know, people say that he probably does have heavy ties to Riverside, which Arthur Lee Allen does. Um, Another thing that I think is huge, um, his brother says that he actually got a Zodiac watch for Christmas 1967 from his mom, and that's like the Zodiac brand, and it has the symbol that he writes, that's their logo. So, it's like very sketchy and maybe convenient, yeah, but... because back in the day, Zodiac was like this big watch company, right. so... Right. But like, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's... The so other have... things on top of it make it Because sketchy. it's all these small things aligning up, and right. you're like, how can this be just a coincidence? If you take it separately, of course. Yeah, like, it's just a watch, but mm-hmm. then he was here, and then... So, anyway. He said to John... Don Cheney, which is his friend... I thought you said... <laughs> I thought you said Don Cheadle. I don't know why. No, he did not say that to Don Cheadle. He did not. Keep going. Now I'm gonna say Don Cheadle. No! Anyway, Don Cheney is his friend that he was speaking to. He used, like, the premise of writing a novel to, like, say this stuff. Um, apparently this conversation took place around January 1st, 1969. Um, but basically he said he would like to kill couples at random. Oh. Red flag. Uh, he would taunt the police with letters detailing his crimes. Red flag. He would sign the letters with the cross circle symbol from his watch. Red flag. He would call himself Zodiac. Red oh! Flag. This all seems very specific. I'm gonna keep going. Um, he would wear makeup to change his appearance sometimes. He would attach a flashlight to the barrel of his gun in order to shoot at night. 
He would fool women into stopping their cars in rural areas by claiming that they had problems with their tires, then loosen their lug nuts and eventually take them captive. Um, And eventually Don was like, enough is enough. I'm taking this information to the police. So three years later, three minutes after I got these statements, I'd be like, is going to jail. You are also no longer a friend of mine. Good I, luck with your yes. sicko book. Ew. Like, I'm reporting Ew. You. He went to the San Francisco Police Department and they were able to, like, secure a search warrant against him as the Zodiac Killer. Unfortunately, these dodos decided to go to this, like, trailer that Alan frequented instead of his home. So, nothing incriminating was found there. I mean, come on. And I don't even feel bad calling them dodos, because I am not a police officer, and I would know to go to his home, (laughs) not his trailer. Like an idiot. Because it's easier to get the, like, search for after you find maybe some stuff at the home, Mm -hmm. to then search the trailer. But if you're just a shot in the dark going to the trailer, I just feel like that's not as, like... Who made that call? There's not gonna be as much fruit. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a term. Hell Whatever. yeah. Hell yeah. So, we have degrees in criminal justice. <laughs> also, this guy keeps talking, and in an early 1968 conversation with his friend Philip, Alan is alleged to have been fascinated with the concept of hunting people. According to Alan, people would be more challenging to hunt than animals since they, quote, have intelligence. That's just also not No, no, no. It gets crazier. Okay. So, on July 31st, 1969, Zodiac mailed a cipher to the news media. Within days, it was solved and stated that killing man was, quote, more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. How eerily similar is that statement? Additionally, during a 1971 police interrogation, Allen offered the fact that as a youth... He read the book that had made a lasting impression on him called The Most Dangerous Game, and it was about hunting a man, quote, like an animal. It's very Brian Laundry to me. Oh, very. <laughs> um, so people close to him actually said that he wrote with symbols that were identical to the Zodiac symbols and spelled things wrong just like the Zodiac did. Now, this guy was an elementary school teacher, too, for years. Shut up. And he used the term in his letters, bussy work, B-U-S-S-Y, <laughs> but he meant busy work. Do I have to because... bleep that? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Apple don't come for us, okay? Anyway... Because you know how teachers say busy work? Yeah. So he said that, but he spelled it bussy. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, he thought that, like, spelling things wrong was funny. And, like, here we are laughing, but he wrote bussy, and he didn't even know what that means. Idiot. Anyway. He was fired from one of his jobs, actually, for molesting a student. So, regardless if this man is the Zodiac Killer or not. He ended up moving back in with his parents, who he hated because he lost his job. He hated his mom, and he felt inferior to his dad. And, you know, to which he should, because he molested a child, and he should feel inferior to every living, breathing thing. He should feel inferior to a bedroom dresser. To the literal mold growing on bread. I, this man is inferior, and that's all I can say about him. The lake killings that um, seemed motiveless to the public and to police 
actually happened right after he moved back home and between his birthday and Christmas, which psychologists always say those are major stressors. Holidays, Mm -hmm. birthdays, you know, those are the times that you either escalate or you calm down depending on your situations. But most likely, I mean, he was an alcoholic by this time. He was gaining weight. He was depressed because he lost his job. He deserves it. But... Mm -hmm. You know, this is the time where he would potentially escalate, and that was when the leak killings happened. Because of all of this stuff going on, the search warrant that they were able to obtain actually did prove that he owned the same type of ammunition as the Zodiac Killer. I mean, that's crazy. He is also alleged to have told Don Cheney that he was fond of a waitress from the restaurant, um, that he would go to, um, and oh, it was okay. a Terry restaurant. Um, according to a police report, an unidentified male named Lee was known to associate occasionally with Darlene. Now, Alan was known by his middle name, spelling it differently, but L-E-E is what they would say that he, you know, the man who was friends with Darlene. Yeah. Um, Until Lee is identified, the possibility exists that Darlene might have known Alan because he might be Lee. Mm -hmm. Finally, in 19... Oh my god, I didn't mean to say finally, but like... (laughs) Anyway. Now, in 1971, Alan's father, Ethan, dies. The date is March 17th, which is Darlene's birthday. It was just another occasion when someone close to Alan dies on a very significant Zodiac date. Now, I don't really know the circumstances of how his dad died, so I don't know if that could be controlled or if it was just kind of the luck of, you know, the way things go, but that is something that people speculate about. Now, remember the victim who survived Mike McGow? Mike who said what he said? Exactly. So, he survived the attack and gave police a description of the Zodiac's car, if you remember. He said it was brown in color and possibly a Corvair. Now, at the time, Alan's friend Philip, who was trying to sell his brown Corvair, he would leave it parked outside of a service station in Vallejo, where Alan had recently been employed after he was fired from his teaching position. Mm. Now, Philip would leave the keys inside the office and had occasionally allowed Alan to drive the Corvair. So, now people are thinking there's this possibility that he took Philip's car, try to, like, make it seem like, well, no, I don't have that car. Mm-hmm. Now, also, on September 27th, 1969, like we know, he used a foot-long knife with a sheaf and rivets to attack a young couple at Lake Berenessa in Napa County, which is just north of Vallejo, where he works, too. Alan, who is known to be an outdoorsman, frequented recreational areas such as Berenessa often. He would go for trapping games, scuba diving, and camping. He was familiar with the area, and, you know, I guess there was some kind of miscommunication at one point where he told someone that he was going to Baronessa on that day that those two, that young couple, was killed. And then when they go and ask him about it later, he was like, no, I was going there, but I went to the coast instead. That's a sick alibi, dude. Yeah. Like, what? You couldn't think of anything better. Seriously. Like, no, I just went the other way. It's fine. Yeah, he's like, I turned around when I saw that they were being killed by me. <laughs> What? (laughs) Okay. 
<laughs> Alan's first, um, Alan first used, like, the, this, like, mysterious couple from Treasure Island as an alibi. I don't even know how to explain this, truly, but, like, he, I guess, like, could never produce their names or phone numbers. And, like, literally, this 1930s movie, Treasure Island, features a villain named Dr. Zodiac. So, who wrote taunting letters about his San Francisco crimes. So, literally, is, like, so weird. Yeah. And so like, obsessed with movies. And that sounds very Zodiac to which, me. Which, I mean, would align with the theory that maybe he is a movie buff, I mean. Exactly. He's, like, really into this weirdo Treasure Island movie. Also later, he tried to use his deceased elderly neighbor as an alibi, claiming that William White had seen him in the afternoon of the Barry Nessa attack and that the two had a conversation. Now, mind you, he died a couple weeks, like, before this encounter. So, so no. No. <laughs> absolutely not. No, he didn't. What? And he thought no one was going to check that? I don't. I mean, just an idiot. So and stupid. also, taking out of, oh, maybe this is a Zodiac killer or not, he's, like, this is so sketch behavior. You know, yeah, like, you like, don't need to lie I'm about I'm sorry, but you molested not... a child, so you're already dead to me, but on top of that, you're stupid. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, lock him up and throw away the key, whether he's Zodiac or, <sighs> or not. not. We don't need him on our streets. Right. And he also wore a 10.5 shoe, which is just like the Zodiac killer, and... That's where I'm going to leave you. That's all the information I have to give because we truly don't know anything else. I mean, there's stuff we know, but... And occasional stuff will pop up like it we did We don't last really week. have answers yet. Like, we can speculate all day until we're blue in the face, but at the end of the day, who is he? And at this <laughs> point, know. are we really putting... I mean, obviously, we want to bring justice to the victims and catch this guy, but in the end is putting all our resources into finding this one man who is more than more likely than not dead really like no i think it's a great point because at the end of the day i hate the fact that i think about him like being proud that he got away with it but i also i'm like there are very depraved disgusting human beings who are like in their 20s that committed murders that we need to be putting all of our manpower and resources into them versus like whoever the zodiac killer is he's like in his 80s or 90s or he's dead as a doornail so let's not beat a dead horse we can talk about it all day long but i'm not first to say i think the police should be looking into it further because i i I also wonder if i was a family member if i would still be looking we can still be in that place after all these years of course but But, i mean even um was it mike who moved away even like yeah he's ready to put it away he's ready to just move on with his life and if we get answers great but if we don't get answers this is just kind of one of those things that we have all the resources now to prevent something like this happening. And obviously it's a hard conversation to have because you want to bring justice and you want to find whoever this is, of course, for closure for whoever out there needs it. But at this point, is it really something that should be out of top priority when thousands and millions of other terrible shit is happening right now? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if that's a hot take or if it's a regular take, but I'm sure our haters will let us know. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at the Chalkline Pod, Twitter at the Chalkline Pod, and catch us on YouTube. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.